These readings today are beautiful as we start our week of Christian unity. That we pray that there will only be one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one Eucharist, and one God of us all. Sadly, in America today, there are over 40,000 different Christian denominations who call themselves Christians, but as our Lord prayed on the night of his Last Supper, that all would be one. That should be our prayer, because we should desire what God wants from us. These readings over the past three weeks, the church has given us three events in which our Lord manifested his divinity. We started with the epiphany, which means a manifestation, a revealing of the divinity of Christ. These three gospels we heard these past three weekends took place over the course of 30 years. But they are celebrated together to point to one truth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. We start with the star of the Epiphany, the star that guided the Magi halfway across the world. The Magi came to know the, the divinity of Christ as the Gentile world that he is Lord. Last weekend, we celebrated the baptism, which showed the divinity of the Lord to St. John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And today, we celebrate the wedding feast at Cana, the first miracle where Jesus changes the water to wine, and Jesus shows the Lord's divinity to his apostles and his disciples. Isn't it interesting that the Lord uses an image of a wedding to show his divinity to his disciples? He does this because a wedding is all about love. And he loves us in a way that we do not understand. He likes you probably more than you believe that he does. Because he is our divine God. And marriage is very important in the eyes of our God. In fact, when the Bible begins with marriage in the book of Genesis, it ends with marriage in the book of Revelation. Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis was the first couple blessed by God. They were blessed to live in relationship, to live in union, to live in love with our God. In the book of Revelation, we hear of the wedding feast of the Lamb with his bride, the church. And that's why these bookends of the Bible are also our bookends for our readings today at this Mass. The prophet Isaiah reminds us that God is bringing his adulterous children who have been worshiping false gods, he's bringing them home. You know, he says he wants to make that covenant with them. He calls them espoused. He says the Lord will delight in them once again. Then he says two things that you and I should perk our ears for. The first one he says, 
as a young man marries a virgin, your builder will marry you. Who built us? None other than our God in the wombs of our mothers during this Respect Life Month. Then he says something else in the book of Isaiah. The bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so will God rejoice in you. Ponder that. What does it mean that my God rejoices and delights in me? He's there to provide. We should never be lonely. We should never be discouraged if we're living this, if our hearts are open to him. And that's why so many couples want that perfect wedding. They want the perfect dresses, the tuxes, that fit. They want the perfect meal, the perfect dance. But what does Jesus do with this wedding this weekend? He's an important guest to invite. And there are three points I want to reflect on in this gospel today. Point number one, God desires to stay in relationship with us. That's why he wants to love us more than our bride or our groom. He wants to enter into our heart. Why? Because our dear Lord is the source of joy that every human heart is looking for. Mary understands this. Her relationship is all about focusing on her son and our Lord. And what does she do? She runs to him today with a concern. On behalf of the couple, things aren't going as planned. Mary takes them to Jesus and Jesus acts. Mary is a great intercessor for all of us. In fact, Jesus changes the water today to wine. Now, if we were to look at the Old Testament, the image of joy that comes to Israel and the love of God that comes to Israel was always about wine. The night of the Last Supper is about precious blood, wine. So if we hear in the book of prophet Isaiah about this wine, the banquet of the choicest wine is when Israel is closest to God. Isaiah goes on to say, the wine flowing from the earth. How beautiful would that be? Wine is a symbol of joy to the heart when the heart is close to God. Now imagine Jesus turning six stone water jars of water to wine, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. And you're going to say, Father, that's 180 gallons. That is correct. That's a lot of wine. But a Jewish wedding went an entire week. And if we look at today close enough, it was on the third day they ran out of wine. And Jesus saved them of their embarrassment. Imagine the joy of the party when the wine returns. How close they are to God. Now, imagine uh, that's 180 gallons of wine. That would be equivalent to 850 bottles. I like to think of 850 bottles of red eye 
for a German wedding in Logan County. Wouldn't that bring joy to a lot of the guests? And that's why one who is in relationship with God in all they do, God brings joy like a fine wine to our hearts. If I'm not in relationship, what do I do? I go to other stuff. I might go to the gym. I might go eat candy bars. I might go to the nightclub for another beer. I might sit and lounge with Netflix instead of bringing my trials, my concerns, and my cares to the living God. Mary tells Jesus today this couple is running out of joy. They're running out of love. Their patience is being tested. And what does Jesus do? He restores it. That's why living in relationship is so important. Point number two. This feast, this wedding at Cana, all started with Mary. Mary is our spiritual mother. All of us have had a natural mother that we were born with. But Mary goes above and beyond in the spiritual realm to help us. Her relationship with Jesus is her most important relationship. Mary brought her needs to Jesus. And when we bring our needs to Jesus, not sports, not Twitter, not Facebook, not social media, that is how we stay in relationship with him. Point number three. We have the last words of Mary today recorded in the sacred scriptures. Do whatever he tells you. Now Mary brings the concern she's not God. She intercedes on our behalf and on behalf of the wedding couple. And what happens? She says, you just do what he tells you. Wouldn't that be great if we listened? And we do what he tells us out of love. And that's why intimacy with him is so important. Because having him at the wedding, he is self-giving. He's not selfish. He's not saying, where is my wine? No, he recognizes the need and he fulfills that. That's what he does in each of our lives. So what are our two points for application this weekend? Every couple wants a perfect wedding. They want the perfect temperature outside for pictures. They want the perfect aisle. They want the perfect church. They want the perfect ceremony with music. They want the perfect reception and meal. So parents and grandparents, our first point is for you specifically. It's important that you educate your children why marriage in the church is so important. It's a sacrament. It's a sacrament where God pours a divine life into those who unite at his altar. Yes, the world says, I want a destination wedding. If it's not in a church, it's not in communion with Christ. That's why we have to educate our young men and women preparing for marriage. Why? Because marriage is meant to reflect the love of the Trinity, the lover, 
the beloved, and the offspring flows. That's why marriage is between one man, one woman, and one God. And let me tell you, if those three are not united, the one that pulls out, the marriage is going to suffer. There's so many marriages today that start without God at the center. And they struggle from the get-go. A woman and a God can have a relationship, or a man and God, and if they're not in it, the three together, the relationship struggles. And that's why outside of the church is not communion with God. God elevates us to a sacrament where he gives us the grace we need. And it's sad, folks, in the tribunal of the Diocese of Fargo, within the last 15 years, marriages in the Catholic Church are exactly half of where they were 15 years ago. Either we're living together in sin and not getting married, or we're going elsewhere. That's why you have the responsibility to train and help them in the practice of the faith to know the truths of what God desires for your children and your grandchildren. Point number two, the family rosary. So important for application today. We see this. Mary brings our cares, our concerns, our doubts, our worries, our frustrations. And where does she go with them? If we relate them to her, she brings them to Jesus. And she says, you know what, there's a problem. There's a problem, just like they're running out of wine. And she will say, do whatever he tells you. As Mary goes to Jesus, she doesn't tell him what to do. Rather, she gives him the problem and backs out of the picture as she prays. She prays for us now and at the hour of our death. And today she says they have no more wine. So she brought the problem to him. And now what does she do? She says, do whatever he tells you. That's the same message for you and me. Do whatever he tells you. That's why when we pray the rosary, we are meditating on the mysteries of the life of Jesus Christ. It's not about going to Mary. It's about reflecting and having Mary help us to conform our hearts to the image of her son. She is our advocate. She brings our cares and our needs. And that's why there was a bumper sticker that was seen a while back, and it was a picture of a queen on it. And the words on the bumper sticker were, your mother hasn't heard from you in decades. The decades of the rosary. Your mother has not heard from you. That's why last fall, I thought it was important that we start the family rosary. I encourage you to get to Mass early, as at every Mass, the rosary is prayed together every day. Some people don't feel comfortable leading it. That's fine. Come and pray it with the family of God, because where two or three are gathered in His name, He is there. And Mary wants to hear from us our concerns, our fears, our anxieties, our doubts. And when Mary brings them to Jesus, Jesus will speak to us if we are listening.
This wedding image Jesus has today is meant for unity. St. Paul tells us today in that beautiful second reading, we have all different gifts, but the same spirit and the same God. And if we're not in relationship with God, we're not part of the harmony that the choir and the band of our hearts is supposed to play with him. And that's why he wants intimacy with you, because you are loved a lot by God. In fact, you are liked by God. And that's why there is no other way to salvation than through God. I think it's important today as we come to communion to ask the Lord the question, Lord, can I live 10 seconds without you? And the answer is going to be, no, we can't. He fills our lungs. He fills our heart. He gives us what we need. If we can't live without him, then how do we live for him? That is a question we need to ponder in our reflection today. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.